Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. Welcome, Reading Aloud community, to our series on pandemic partnerships. In this series, we'll have conversations with 10 different couples and singles from across the country to dive deeper into how relationships are handling this ongoing global pandemic as we close out our second full year of COVID being a thing in our lives. We hope this series helps you in your own relationships and partnerships during this heavy time. Thanks for listening to the Reading Aloud Pandemic Partnership Series. And as always, if you have any questions, or feedback for Marisol and Adam, please connect with us on social media at Reading Aloud Podcast. Or our email, readingaloudlove at gmail.com. Enjoy. Enjoy. So we have with us Robin and Brian, and we are so excited to introduce them. They are folks that I've known for a really long time. We were just talking about our meeting. Was that, I think that was 2009 or 10? That sounds right. Sounds about right. Well, that feels rich. That's 11, 12 years. Yeah. 12 or 13 years. Wow. So especially Robin's been in and out of my life. Well, once she was in, she was in forever. But like, you know, as far as seeing you and spending lots of time with you, we've had kind of ins and outs with that over the years. And I'm just so excited to talk to you. I've wanted you all to be on the podcast for a long time. Adam was like asking me the other day, he was like, so, you know, why Robin and Brian, and I'm not going to give anything away, but I was kind of explaining, explaining your lifestyle. I was explaining that we actually have a lot of values in common. We have seen life through similar lenses. Y'all have strong social justice awareness and take strong action towards social justice. And yeah, there's just a lot of things about you all that are in alignment with what we talk about and how we think about our relationship when we talk about it here on the Reading Loud podcast. So that's stuff that we'll get more into. But if you want to give a little bit of introduction. Overall, we really love each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We live in Northern Arizona and, you know, this area is a place that is unceded lands to many tribes. If you look online, you have, there's these maps where you can uh, say, oh, I live here and how many places. It's not just one tribe. There's like all these overlapping tribes that came through and lived in this area. And, um, and so I can't generally remember the whole list, um, but I do want to name that this is unceded land to many people and that the, the mountain here the San Francisco peaks. Um, I know the Navajo word, but I don't know the other languages. Nuvatikiove um, is, is the Hopi. Yeah. yeah. It's sacred to it, like over 13 tribes. And whenever you drive away from here, so there's a place we like to go rock climbing outside of Winslow, and you can just see the peaks from so far away that you can, I, I can feel why this place could be sacred of this amazing this amazing bio zone, this amazing mountain just coming out of the earth and you can just see it from so far and, and feel it. So. And what do you all do there in this sacred space in Northern Arizona? Well, with our time together, maybe I'll start there is uh, we'd like to go rock climbing together. So one of the things that actually came out of the pandemic was we stopped going to the climbing gym, which has been wonderful because now we're like, Two days every week, we have to be outside 
And we really try to push it no matter how cold it is. If it's snowing a little bit, can we still get out? And uh, it's been such a blessing. Yeah. And it's a way also for me to get away from kind of the work I'm doing and to be outside in a really different space, which I think makes a big difference for, for me in terms of relationship. Wonderful. Mm, what a sweet place to start. So I'll share what I understand about your relationship and kind of the the manifestation of how you all live together and are in relationship. When Adam was asking me, you know, why Brian and Robin, I was like, well, they they actually used to spend and then I made up a number in my head and it was either, I was like somewhere between a quarter to half the year apart. Am I right? You're nodding. 50%. We, we, 50%. We write it down like, wow, we're away from each other like half the time. And um, that has been something really interesting because over our time together, I had some friends who would say things like, oh, you guys get along so well because you're not together that much. And there was a little bit of like, a, when people said that, that doesn't feel so great. And now we can say they're so wrong (laughs) because neither of us have traveled for work since the pandemic began. Yeah, we actually uh, enjoy being together. Turns out you like each other. Turns out, turns out. So so you would say, and, and, you know, this seems contrary to what people thought that because you couldn't travel for the pandemic, did you feel like you discovered a new closeness in your relationship or just uh, an enhancement of what was already there? I think for me, it was, it was both. It was definitely an enhancement. It's like, oh, we have more time together. This is fantastic. And there were, I think there's one thing that started to happen. I don't know if it was directly because of the pandemic or something that we started to, to explore before it. And then it really fit, which was um, we found a place outdoors here to do uh, retreat, silent retreat together. And it's this incredible land and place that we really connected with. And it's it's a haul. We, we have to haul water in. There's no trails out there. And it feels quite remote. And to have that time outdoors on retreat has been really moving for me. And also in terms of our relationship. And it is a different way of relating. Most of the time, we're just in silence together out there. But I know for me and my system, there's something about having a chance to connect in silence that's made such a gigantic difference in terms of our relationship. And maybe one more thing, it's something that we've done before pre-pandemic. I I teach uh, one of the parts of this three-month meditation retreat that happens on the East Coast. And Robin now for years has been coming and she'll just be on retreat. I'll be teaching. So we'll be in silence. I'm in a little bit different role, but having that time, I don't know, there's something for my body to connect on that level for a relationship that it's really special. Yeah. I'm super inspired. Robin, I want to hear how it feels for you. And what I have fantasized about your relationship is that kind of what other people were talking to, but the time apart created sustainability, created some sort of, you know, something to come back to talk about, you know, like the fact that we've been in the pandemic every day and then raising this kiddo together, there's nothing to come at the end of the day and say like, how was your day? Like I saw how his day was and he saw how mine was. Were you afraid to come together? Were you afraid to be in the same space? Were you afraid that that was going to open up something that you hadn't 
known about your relationship that was either good or bad? And was that, how was that? Um, I don't have any memory of any of those kind of thoughts. I do know that, that we, over the years of being apart so much, we actually had to work out what rhythm of that worked for us because those times when you're about to leave or about to come back, those were really jangly. And so it, it, we had all these like jangly times. And so we, we were like, okay, it has to be at least a week of being together before one of us leaves again, because a couple of days and all we are is in the jangle. And so, so now we've had a couple of years without that jangle of leaving and returning. And so in a way it made there be a smoothness and about content, about, you know, what do we talk about, those kind of things. You know, we actually talked about this when we were talking about coming on this podcast. You know, we don't always have juicy content to talk to each other about. And, and you know, we also talked about how we sometimes have terrible communication. It's just our, it's our, it's our shtick, you know. And that terrible communication, there's, it's not mean communication. It's just, we don't always understand each other. And so what we were talking about is how we really feel a lot of kindness and care for each other so that those facts that we just don't communicate well lots of times and we have funny examples um, are, are not that big a deal. And, and I have no question in my mind about his intention. We don't have question about each other's intent when we're having funky communication. And so I think that allows us to just be more settled together. I feel like you're answering all of our, all of the problems that we have. You're you're telling us how to work through them just with the simple, like, this is how we approach it. And I imagine that you're also doing that for our listeners. It's, it sounds really lovely because my question was going to be, you know, do you think the jangle is a universal truth? Because sometimes, well, that always happens to us. And I, and sometimes I, you, we've talked about this a lot too. Like, you know, it's that transition period. So is the jangle universal? And also thanks for answering all of our problems for us today. (laughs) (laughs) Our pleasure. (laughs) Well, one, one thing that, that I'm kind of picking up on this conversation and drawing on something that you all spoke about earlier was this sense of space. And you talked about the space in which you're in and through the pandemic and being home more, you really connected. And then what you just shared, Robin, of even though in your relationship, and we're talking about relationship communication, but like even in your relationship communication, when the space was jangly, to use this term that we've been using, you were still in a an overarching space of love and acceptance and care uh, for each other. And so despite the current storm that was passing over, you were still happy to be in that physical space with each other. And so there's, I I don't know, I guess I'm just feeling like some relationship there between the way that the pandemic helped you. And I'm projecting here and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the way the pandemic helped you ground in your physical space and how that's also reflected out in your relationship as well. I I guess what what gets evoked when you share that and ask that, Adam, is... uh... I think for for me, it is this sense of feeling, I guess, some kind of like a basic connection, almost more like the thing that expresses it most is just like touch, being able to touch Robin right now, something like really basic and nonverbal, 
And at the same time, I want to be clear, like, it's not, well, I'll speak with for myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to say what I was thinking. <laughs> it's not like my communication with Robin has gotten better or more skillful or that I understand her more. Like, that has not happened. <laughs> so just, I want to be like super clear. Yeah, no, 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 no. I understand that. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I'm glad you understand it. You know, we <laughs> have to discuss it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> you guys can work on that yourself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Google Translate. <laughs> but I think it's also being able to feel the frustration of like, mm-hmm. she is not understanding me. I'm saying this, she's not understanding me. And to be like, whatever, like it's not that important. And I think it's the not that important that's been helpful for me. That's uh, grown and not in a, a not that important, not like I don't care and I'm going to disconnect. Yeah, not apathy. Yeah, but I, like I'm, I'm still right here. And it, it isn't that important for her to understand what I'm saying because it probably wasn't that important in the beginning. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's just, that's so important to be able to have that. The way I reflect on that is having that kind of letting go, just letting it go and not letting it go in a healthy way. And and just being able to understand that that person is, you know, they're, they're doing their best and to trust in that. You know, we talk a lot about if you have a healthy foundation, then whatever arises from that place then has the space to be and is manageable. Like there's resilience around it. Have there been any elements? I mean, we've asked everybody this question and I'm not hearing something rise to the surface, but have there been any elements that have felt more difficult? I think in a lot of ways we're we may not be the most usual in the most usual couple because we, we don't have any children. And so we don't have to navigate so many things that people are navigating around that. Um, And that we haven't um, and our work went online. So then we didn't get a big financial thing because of it, because our work could go online. So in some of the big ways that people have been impacted, we haven't personally been impacted. Um, I, was just talking with a couple different friends recently and we we had all three of us had gone through a time just recently where we kind of went into a little bit of a downturn and um and kind of hit some weird stuff and we're like wait I haven't seen my friends in so long and so um going for walks and that sort of thing we can't necessarily play together in the same ways, you know, come over and let's do decoupage or let's just hang out and do these things. And so um, I'm, I am missing that. I'm missing some kinds of community. I think in ways that other people do that, that kind of contact of community, because we, we haven't potted with anyone. Um, We're, we are our own pod. And so for me, I feel the missing of that. And at the same time, have found a couple of online communities with people around the world that are home to me now. And so, yeah. And I think similarly, that's why I want to be so cautious about universalizing anything that we say about relationship, because for me, the pandemic, for the most part, has been wonderful in a couple ways is I am really introverted and to have a chance to honor that more has been wonderful. And even though it is true, I am sick of Zoom, uh, so much so. And at the same time, there have been some interesting things that have come in just in terms of 
exploration and conversation that wouldn't be able to happen because it's bridging distances. Like for example, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, this professor at Loyola University, Jessica Locke. And I'd read one of her articles around, it was uh, around undoing racism, doing anti-racist work. And I was so taken by her article. She was talking about Buddhist practice and how that relates to that. And we just have this really cool working relationship now of offering things in that realm. And, and it's because of Zoom. And it's, we were able to kind of garner these uh, groups that were wider ranging. It's really for people who uh, identify as, as being white. But to have that broadened in a sense uh, has been rich. So there has that been that richest richness. And I wanna say like, I am situated in a place where I haven't been impacted by the pandemic the way so many people have too. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of want to ask, so we had um, one of our other uh, interviews in this pandemic partnership series was with uh, a woman, an individual who was a astrologist. And she really talked about the, kind of some of the, a few of the astrological aspects of uh, kind of the time right now in the pandemic and how, you know, astro what astrology was saying about, about this time. And I'm curious to hear from you all kind of, because I think that, I think for most of our listening audience, they're, they're probably familiar with um, meditation practices, broadly speaking, and mindfulness practices, broadly speaking. Um, but you all are, you know, leaders and experts in this space and or however you would label yourselves in this teachers um, in this space. And so I guess I'm curious just to ask from you, what what's what has the conversation been within the, the uh, meditation or mindfulness community around uh, the pandemic? You know, Brian, you spoke about how Zoom has opened up some conversations um, has it, has it opened up new dialogue? Have folks talked about the, 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 the traumatic impacts and, and, you know, how this can be a, a helpful or really wherever you want to take that question. But I'm curious, you know, as more of an education touch point for our audience, like what is, what is, what is your community? What's the conversation around the pandemic? Or is it even at this point, a part of the conversation and we're just moving on to kind of the normal dialogue or how has it shifted to dialogue? Sorry, that was a big listing type question, but I, I, I guess I'm more curious to learn from you in this aspect rather than me being knowledgeable about it. I, th I think a few things come to mind. One is, is uh, a, uh, again, it's, a, it's an interesting mix. Uh, a lot of it has been uh, isolation and navigating isolation and how Zoom can allow us to connect, but there's something different when our bodies are together. And this has been coming up again and again and again, that sense of isolation and the need for connection. And then also the impacts of the pandemic itself. Like there's a number of people I can think in the communities I serve where they've lost loved ones because of, of COVID and the impact of that. And also how the political swirling around that complicates often the, the grief uh, as far as that goes. So there's, you know, real consequences or financial consequences to losing one's job or things like that. And I think that's one of the things I appreciate about our community is we, we really are dedicated, at least in Flagstaff, to offer things freely and then it's on a donation basis. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be like, oh, can I afford to join? 
doesn't really matter. So I, th I think those are some of the impacts that are real and are continuing around disconnection and around loss. Uh, and at the same time, it's brought in an interesting dimension of inclusivity that I, it's like, wow, I really may guess this is the whole world of inclusivity. I didn't even think about that. You know, there's people who are compromised in terms of their health or ability even to get places. And then to be able to connect with the community and it validates that they can be home in the community has been huge. And one of the messages we've been get, getting is like, please don't stop offering things on Zoom when you go back in person. Uh, I get left out. Mm. And so this is, it's another dimension of what it is. So it's again, like this weird mix of uh, beautiful things that I hadn't seen before of who gets left out and also real serious impact as well in a negative way. The way I think about that and, you know, I, I it, just the access piece and I know we all love to be outdoors and sometimes I struggle with that as a person who loves to be outdoors like they've, you know, improved the trail or the trail is now wider and potentially paved or graveled and it, it creates this like you feel like this little bit more disconnection with the natural world but at the same time it improves access for folks so um i think that that's what that's just a analogy that comes to mind when you're speaking to it and there's you know there's there's pros and cons on on both sides and and it's learning to create that balance and and uh come up with that and i think that it's just really interesting to hear that that reflection of access and equal opportunity is also coming up in in your communities mm -hmm. Well, and financially, being able to travel to a retreat center, that's a financial burden on people, and then to pay for that kind of thing. And, and so I, I think for lots of people being able to do a retreat at home, um, one of the ones that I, I sat recently, there was an open Dharma hall. And it was so wonderful, because I'm sitting with people who are sitting in their homes around the world. And then you're just popping in and sitting and it's, it's sort of like you light up when you see, oh, who else is in the room right now? Oh, you know, and it just, it, it supported my practice. And I know it can be um, really wonderful for people to be able to, to make their home, their, their space, their, their retreat space, their sacred space. And then the reminders are physically in that space in their life. Um, yeah, instead of going somewhere and all of the jangle that can happen getting somewhere and coming back again, you don't have that that jangle. You have an opportunity to try to set a different tone for your regular life. Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Did you know that the Reading Aloud podcast has a Patreon account? That's right. When you support this podcast through Patreon, you become a part of our Reading Aloud family, and we love our family members. At its core, this podcast is about providing insight and conversations that will support and inspire our listeners to deepen their relationships and build community through conversation. Every week, we receive meaningful feedback on how the Reading Aloud podcast has supported someone through a challenging time. And now we need your support to keep that going. 
Your Patreon commitment not only provides you with curated, fun, and interactive bonus content, it helps us cover the many costs of producing a podcast. Check out our Patreon link in the show notes and see which level you can commit to. And know that we thank you so much for both your listening support as well as your financial support. Now let's get back to today's conversation. One of the ways that I know Robin is that we have taught together and in order to teach together, we had to come together. So we don't live in the same state. So there was, there was travel on one end or another, sometimes both of us. And so we would travel and the, what I, I know exactly what you're talking about, the jangle. I mean, whether it's just jet lag or being in some other, somebody else's home or being in an Airbnb, some sort of getting settled, which was such an opportunity, you, you know, it was used as an opportunity to practice grounding and orienting to our environment. So there's like, it was, there was always an opportunity in it. But one of the things that you and I came up against was that sometimes the jangle lasted the entire time. And there was never like, you could only ground long enough. It's like what you were talking about. You need at least a week before the other one leaves. And so there's this, you know, there was the lack of spaciousness and through one of the awakenings that I've had through the pandemic is the recognition of how often I was, and I'm just going to keep using jangle, but like how often I was jangling, getting here, getting there, ex over extending or overextending myself in some way. And, you know, I have no idea what my life would be like with a baby and the jangle um, that feels impossible. And yet everybody was doing it for all of the time before the pandemic. And I imagine I would have figured out a way to do it too. Um, but now I have an additional awareness of what it means to be still and literally walk from my room to my office, you know, 10 steps, settle, really easily settle because this is my home space. So yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, part of what Adam was asking too is, is, is there a deeper, greater understanding that he's, has either come through your sit practices or is being talked about in the community? Like, like the astrologer, astrologer who was explaining to us that there's astrological, there's a astrological connection to what's going on right now. And it's like, what is the wisdom that has come through around the maybe purpose of the pandemic. And again, this is really difficult because how can you say that the purpose was such and such when people are dying, right? Like that's really difficult to say. And, and it's both. And so there are also learnings happening. People are also learning things about themselves or the needs of their families or their communities. So yeah, if you have anything else to share about that, I'd love to hear. I think I have a, a um, I have a different life frame than that. <clears throat> so my life frame isn't around um, uh, what am I learning from this thing and why did this happen in order to teach me a thing? And I want to be super clear. Everything is just a frame. And so I'm I, the frame that has risen for me is what's useful for me. And, and so in my frame, it's, it's more that everything from the very first spark of anything has led to this moment. And so I, things are less personal, personal and yet less, less personally taken when I hold that the causes and conditions that led to this moment are bigger than me. 
and they include all kinds of things. And I'm, I, can, I can act in this right now moment. That's when I can make something, some different choice or choose some different option. But I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not looking for purpose of the pandemic in that way. I more see it as like, it's a natural thing because there are viruses on the planet and because there are, Brian and I have just been reading all these books about insects and we're like, insects are amazing, you know? And so, um, so I just, I, I see it as just a natural unfolding and not something that is, there's not like a, an intention to harm. It's, it's a thing that is happening and people are personally experiencing that that hurt that harm that grief all of that um and it doesn't mean that there is is something that is trying to harm them or or anything like that and i'm not saying that's what you're saying about a, a, a reason um what i've seen with people that i've worked with is our conversation around um like kindness and compassion is getting deeper because the common understanding of kindness and compassion, the metta and karuna, these practices, um, has not has not always been something that points really at what those what those are. They've been kind of the things that bring you down. So they lead to these ideas of compassion fatigue, and that's not really human compassion. Of when when our kindness for each other is is touching touching suffering then our natural compassion arises, but it's not something that brings us down. And so in teaching those practices, it really is broadening people's understanding of that and their way to practice for all the parts of themselves, all the people in the world, and then what's going on in the world in a way that doesn't bring them down, but allows their heart to open more. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's been a real challenge for a lot of people. And I think especially... I think it's been interesting to watch the the trajectory from my vantage point or our vantage point over the course of the two years where there was this real, for those who weren't like, so, you know, clearly identifying like privilege, folks who were experiencing great privilege during this time, us being some of those that we were able to take our business businesses online. And, you know, there was this but for a lot of people, you kept seeing these connections, like, you know, families getting together on Zoom, people, you know, being able, I mean, we, we saw so many Zoom, we, we, we got to watch the, the Dalai Lama talk with, um, who was your, no, I'm just smiling because I feel like this episode is brought to you by Zoom. On the reading <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of Zoom conversations. <laughs> you can get Zoom at zoom.us. Jeez. No, go ahead though. I don't, well, I mean, I'm smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the 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 coming together piece felt really significant in the beginning. It's like, okay, folks, how are we going to get creative? How are we going to make this work? What are we going to appreciate about this? How are we going to overcome our challenges? In what ways can we support? There was like, you know, send send money here, Venmo here. Like, really, a lot of support coming through, and just a lot of awareness. And now people are. Um, trying to navigate what is, you know, is this going to be a normal and how are we then going to make it integrated? Because we're tired of Zoom. We don't get the physical piece yet. We get the accessibility piece. And how do we then contend with that? It's like, it's kind of like, you know, 
20 years ago, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't want smartphones. They sounded terrible. The idea of it probably sounded really terrible. And yet we have them now. And, um, and how do we live in, in harmony with that growth that has come? So, and it's hard because it, it really pushes up against those biological needs of, of connection, like heartbeat and, it, you know, the rhythms together and the breath together and the sitting together and the, even what you all have benefited from, from, from being in retreat in, in silence together in that way where you're on equal, an equal plane versus Brian, where you were teaching and Robin was sitting and or that you weren't together at all, or you were sitting in your separate home or separate spaces in your in separate states. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a integration time for folks right now too. And, um, I'm just appreciating hearing the piece about compassion and the piece about what I would call loving detachment or detachment with love. Um, those are my words for what you just described, Robin, the not taking it personal because it's not a, it's not personal. It's has personal impact, but it wasn't intended to harm, be a personal harm. I, I do feel like I, I'm glad that you named the thing. I mean, we, we are sitting in a place of various kinds of privilege and that that harm was super skewed towards different populations in lots of ways. And I, I really want to acknowledge that. Um, so when I'm saying that that there was an intentional harm. I'm not talking about the social structures that lead to uh, disparate kinds of harm for different communities. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I understand, I, I feel like I understand that. And the way I would say is, you know, all of these things that happen and uh, we, we have to hold in their complexity, right? They're, they're, they're incredibly complex. And I think that it's important, the narrative that I feel you all are bringing to, to this, which is, you know, this narrative around, you know, self and, and um, the causing of this. And you mentioned taking things personally. And that, you know, what, what you were sharing, Robin, about like, not like, not not personally feeling um not impacted is well, the like wrong the, word that the, the virus isn't a personal thing the virus yeah. itself isn't a personal thing the structures that are set up for failure are 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 very personal they have very personal impact but they're also you know i mean they're designed to create failure so you know that piece of it that is separate but the you we were talking about like coronavirus coming you know being unearthed which also came from you know destruction of the environment too right like the more we destroy the environment the more these viruses that are buried deep within the the ground and the forests are going to be released so i hope everybody i mean we're getting big here i hope everybody on the reading aloud podcast is still following along well it's it's just it's yeah it's it's i i guess it's just this i i think you're right like it's this interesting balance of holding something like the one of the simple ways i think about it and have been taught about it's like i can complain about capitalism on my phone that's like sitting in the complexity right like i'm holding this it's it's a lot of gray and we can we can have this loving compassion for the world and ourselves and understanding and at the same time recognize the very real systemic impacts of kind of the current state of the world. And, and both of those things can be true at once. And I think that it's important to kind of 
create space and hold space for both of those things. You know, and there are there are teachers and there are lessons and there are times and places to be in each of those spaces. And one of the things I think that we can do through conversation and through dialogues like this, and it is a goal of the Reading Aloud podcast, is by creating conversation, you're actually developing the, you know, you're, you're developing the spaces in which to hold space for all those different complexities, right? Like I can hold space for diving into self and, and even you're talking about silent spaces that, that we can create and, and, and learn deeper. And then we can talk about spaces where we analyze and dissect the systemic issues of justice in the country and how the pandemic is highlighting that. And all those things can be true at the same time. And so I, I just appreciate the narrative that you all are bringing around, you know, being able to expand the access to connect with self and how, you know, this understanding that the pandemic is a a happening, you know, a real an apex that is constantly growing upon each other in a natural, a natural cycle um, of the way things are unfolding, and that you're existing within that. And that is that is a real scenario. Yeah, I, I, what gets evoked, Adam, with that is uh, there's this uh, Tibetan teacher by the name of uh, uh, Digol Kensei Rinpoche, and somebody asked him what the, the purpose of Buddhist practice was, and he says, he laughed, and he said, it's to make the best of a bad situation. <laughs> and and I think that, to me, gets the heart of it, and of the sense of, like, uh, as a human being... I, I'm confronted by all these bad situations. And maybe that's one part of Buddhism that's like that. In, in, in one sense, it can have a bleak outlook of the sense of, yeah, it's a bad situation. And then what do we do with it? And I think what excites me about this, and I think this is part of you know, the connection that Robin and I have, is um, the, the one small piece, at least in Buddhist practice, is how is my mind relating to it? And how can I be sensitive to that? And I find that so helpful. It's like, what's the, what's the relationship there? And, and becoming aware of that has been freeing. Just to, to have that kind of lens has been so helpful. Thank you, Neo. Yeah. Hey, hey. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Reading Aloud podcast. If you're interested in learning more or inquiring about working directly with Marisol's fashion therapy or Adam's modern man training, you can totally do that. You can find Marisol at soulreflection.com. That's S-O-L reflection.com or follow her on social media at Soul Reflection. You can email Adam directly at adam at modern-man.org. We hope to hear from you. Now let's get back to today's conversation. Three words to describe yourself before you met each other and three words to describe yourselves now. Uh, and the now, now, not after, now or? Now. Now. Sorry. Like it, and which is also after, in, <laughs> which is also after in relationship, you know, kind of in relationship to the relationship. So before and after three words, that's it. Me three only, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know if I should say the thing that's coming up. Say it. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to mute and you tell me, and then I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> so before. Pretty good. 
Mal, really good. <laughs> Y'all are too cute. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're just, they're, you guys are too adorable. <laughs> what, how do people? Yeah, I did stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. That's so good. <laughs> If you want, you can can have one of my words. I think think I've been therapized too much. I'm looking for like the words that what are the ones that spontaneously come, you know, dolphin or, you know, I don't know. Dolphin. (laughs) In the words of our friend, uh, Cheryl, she always says study long, study wrong, which is basically (laughs) don't overthink it. Yes. (laughs) I think why I'm having a little challenge is that my mind is trying to sort out the relational bit from like the personal growth bit, which is I'm significantly different than than um, than before we met. So I recognize that there's a little bit of compartmentalizing in what I was asking, but I can't imagine that you would still be exactly who you are without Brian as your partner in this life. So it is not just because of him, but he, of course, is a part of that. So that, you know, it is both. I, yeah. Wow. You can, it, you can it, rebel against my question. It's so challenging, partly because in meditation practice, I think early on in our relationship, there came a point where I decided to go on a meditation retreat and Brian's like, okay, if you don't like this, I still love you. And, um, a few retreats later, I think after the first long solo retreat I did, I came back and I was significantly different. And we had, we had a conversation. I said, I feel significantly different. And he said, you are significantly different. And, and I said, can you let me be different? Because we get into these ruts with people. And so I think one of my words for after is different. And, um, and so it was the both and of being with somebody that allowed me then to to open up and, um, and the other things in my life that were pointing to that before I, it's almost more image than words. Um, Dolphin. Not- <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always been dolphin. I'll always be dolphin. <laughs> That's a consistent nice. word. There is some consistency of before and after. <laughs> um, you know, in the somatic world, we might call it kind of freezy, you know, because of all those things, just being more alive now mm-hmm. mm. and, and able to engage. So alive, engaged and different. Mm-hmm. And before would have been freezy. See, even the, I was going to, I was going to say that one's kind of, a, I was, <laughs> was going to say that one's a little bit of a standalone. You can't like freeze and do much. It's like you're kind of frozen. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, what I, what I'm hearing you say, and of course, which is, you know, it's a hard question to answer, but is that there, there was, there was support in the relationship to allow space for all of that. And I think that that's what, you know, when we find people in our lives, friends, family, and especially partners who give us space to explore and then support our exploration and, and are different, then we really, we do more of that. 
Yeah, I well, I'm over here thinking of my words. I, what are you, go for it. I feel like mine, I actually identify with what you said, Brian, pretty good, now really good. Because for me, it was a focusing of these kind of personality traits that I had. But then my relationship with Marisol and how I have grown as a person over the past, however long we've been together, they've really kind of honed in and elevated in themselves. So one of the transitions I would note is I think before we met, I was a little bit wily. And now I'm a little bit purposeful. Before we met, I think I was fun, but avoidant. And now I think I'm fun, but confident. And so those are kind of just like things that came up for me. I think I just found it like a a maturing of, you know, these personality traits and being with Marisol and finding a, a partner, as you mentioned, who's very supportive, really helped me dial them in. When you were speaking about that, I, you know, what got evoked just hearing about your differences is the question of, um, well, Rob and I, we got this from a poem for our marriage, is how the third body, the body between us has changed. Yeah. Because I, I love to almost feel like I can sense into that body between us. And how has that changed over these years? Because it's been, what, 14 years now. We did the math. We did our homework before coming here. So we could really like, <laughs> Good. Yeah. sounds like, you know. You could know it, know it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it rolls off the tongue really <laughs> smoothly like that. Um where in real life we forget our anniversary. So <laughs> every year. <laughs> it's really great that both of us do that. Have you ever have you ever remembered it's your anniversary when you're in silent retreat and you're like, ooh, and but you can't say anything? <laughs> no, maybe not. No, we like we we really have been trying to remember our anniversary and it has not happened. Wait, I thought so is am I mistaken that you take a two-week trip for your anniversary ever for your anniversary every year? Uh, honeymoon just a we honeymoon say, we, we Not, call it our honeymoon yeah we're still on our honeymoon at least a few weeks out of the year yeah <laughs> so that's not at your anniversary so you don't know when your anniversary is however at some you, point, you oh, okay. just forget it yes. <laughs> what is it Seven nine eleven. i knew that too <laughs> nice just for the record is this being recorded yeah <laughs> I feel like it's, you know, we've talked about a lot of really juicy things. We've kind of surpassed even my expectation for this um, conversation. I'm so grateful for y'all's time. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I think is really special that you all take a a two-week trip together. Um, It's always a backpacking trip. Now it's mixed backpacking climbing together. Mm-hmm. I want to pause for a second because I'm sorry I interrupted you and made the joke about us forgetting our our anniversary and you were about to say something which you probably don't even remember now which is part of our communication issues. <laughs> I'm sorry do you remember I don't that's okay okay, okay. sorry you something got evoked the, about what Adam said oh I was into it we were talking about the 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 you know the third self oh, the, yeah, the, the third body the, the third body that the relationship yeah. creates yeah, yeah. And I, I was just going to say for me, because we've been having some conversations about this. I've been listening to this, uh, actually for a couple of years, this, uh, this woman, Kim Tallbear, who she has this blog called uh, Critical Polyamory. And the way she talks about polyamory is so evocative for me and my relationship with Robin in the sense of uh, she situates monogamy, and I'm sympathetic to this, as being uh part of the colonial settler uh, settler uh, project because so much of narratives of monogamy are around ownership and especially you know around it being gendered you know the, the man owns the woman this kind of 
heteronormative kind of thing. And it's been wonderful to start to feel into a couple of things. One is, well, this isn't about owning each other and to step out of that. And what does that feel like to come into a relationship where it's different than she's mine? Because there's something that can be so compelling about that emotionally, like this is mine. And to step into something that feels for my heart a little bit broader as far as that goes. And also that I have uh like when she talks about polyamory, it's so much broader than just relationships with human beings, which I think can be so narrow. No, don't get, I, I like human beings. Don't get me wrong about that. Says the, it says the introverted introvert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to clarify that. In theory, in theory. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to get a sense of being in a relationship with all these, with all kinds of different beings, a kind of in different flavors of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And also different flavors of intimacy with Robin as well. And I think that's the thing that I kind of, when I sense into the third body, it's like, oh, here are these elements of this third body between us growing in this way, of stepping out of these narratives that I've just inherited around what it is to do relationship. So I, I think that's also, you know, Adam, when you were sharing about that kind of the, the before and after, I think that's another before and after or before and now. I want to take the correction <laughs> too. Yes. I think that's a really powerful frame. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's a it, to me that's an anti fear approach because I think that that the the heavy handed monogamy can can often be uh, that I'm afraid to lose or that when you do lose that person for one reason or another, then you have lost you know so much of yourself. Yeah, and and you know, Marissa, when you're sharing that, it, it reminds me we've been trying to fit this into our bio, but we haven't. But you know, one of the things of our marriage that is still so close to me is. Uh, that we wanted to be really clear in our, when we got married, that we want to remember this relationship's going to end two ways, death or estrangement. And that's been really important for me. And it, it kind of speaking to you, that sense of like, can I, I need to ride the waves of fear. I remember kind of reflecting on this after we got married is, and I'd be traveling, I'd be like so desperate to get back to her. It's like, oh, that's the problem is my desperation. I thought it was like, that's the way you should be in relationship is like, I need to be, if, if I only have a few days left and I want it with Robin, but then it's like a being together that's out of desperation. And at the same time, I want to keep alive, like this is going to end. I mean, I don't know when it's going to end. And in some ways, maybe we're obsessed about it. We, we talk so much about how we're going to die, when we're going to die. What are we going to oh, do? Oh, you know when you're going to die? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we don't, we're still, still trying to figure it out. <laughs> All these different things of like death in it. I find it helpful, really helpful to have that alive that we're going to die or estrangement. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of comes up in a poignant way for me because my mother has dementia and, um, you know, that's a very real possibility for me. And, um, and so that idea of like, oh, I don't want to, this was something super sweet. Brian said the other day, cause I was, I was somehow feeling it so strongly of like, I don't want to harm you in some way or hurt you in some way by my going into this place of dementia and then you having to quote unquote deal with deal with that in some way. And um and he a little while later he came back and he said, I'm wondering why you believe that that's not then part of my path to care for that. Mm-hmm. And um that really opened something up for me in just a little more ease around that. I, I don't feel fearful about that, but, but just um, wanting to not harm him and then just thinking of, oh, this would harm him. And, you know, 
all of those kind of crazy headed things that we go to, but yeah. Thank you for saying that. It It's interesting because, you know, in being postpartum have had such a difficult time. And I often think about the, like the harm that I believe I'm causing for Adam. And so to, to re, the reframe of this might just be part of his path, or, or if I can just understand that, well, it is in fact part of his path, at least for today, instead of taking it on as like, I have to be different. I have to be different. Of course, I want to be a little different because sometimes I come off as, as mean or uncaring, but that only gets compounded with the amount of guilt and uh, blame that I place on myself. So yeah, that's a beautiful reframe. Thanks so much for sharing and, um, and just blessing us with your wisdom. I feel like I, yeah, I, I feel really grateful to, to have your perspective on, you know, just your relationship and this whole situation and, and how it's kind of impacted you and that you've seen your way through it. So, and I've had the honor of working with Robin and getting to hear a lot about practices that are outside of the work that we've done together and practices that you do, Brian. And I just really want to encourage folks, if you, if you liked what you heard, which I'm assuming that you not just liked it, but you were somewhat even transformed by what you heard from them, that you consider finding them, either looking them up on the internet and, or attending one of their retreats. I'm sure there's actually now tons of opportunities for our listeners to join you all in virtual retreats, as long as you continue to have them. So, um, if you want to do any shameless self-promoting, we'd really, really love to hear what's what's current for you all. Robin has the coolest meditation program that's going to be happening in May through the Berry Center for Buddhist Studies. So uh, called what? Developing the Foundations. And this is an objective point of view, <laughs> no bias. I think it is. It's it's an excellent way of stabilizing and getting into a, a regular meditation practice. We'll put that in the show notes too. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, and also through the Barry Center for Buddhist Studies, Brian offers all kinds of things to them. It's wonderful. Thank you so much, y'all. We're so, so, so happy to have you on the podcast. Thanks again. We love you. Thanks y'all for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.